Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Mel Angus. She joined the Temp Drop team in 2018, and she is excited to be talking about menstrual cycle tracking and ovulation tracking, which is specific to the temp drop. Now, this device tracks your temperature on your arm and you wear it overnight. And we're going to be talking about the details of how it works and why you want to know about ovulation. Hint, hint. It's what distinguishes between what part of your cycle you're in. So this is a great device for helping women who are perimenopausal and even women who just want to learn more about their cycle and know if certain interventions are working or not. And so Mel's going to educate us on all kinds of things, but in particular, how the temp drop can help you to get to know your cycle better and really understand if bioidentical hormones that you're taking are helping, where to put them, where to put herbal interventions, diet, lifestyle, how to work out, when to work out. So many questions can be answered using the temp drop and I'm using it in my practice and I've been using it on myself for over two months now and I've seen a lot of great insights. So I'm super excited for you guys to listen in and learn more about the temp drop. So let's introduce you to Mel Angus. Hey, Health Junkies, I have Mel Angus on, and we're going to be talking about my new favorite little toy for the evening. Just going to put that out there for a second, let you guys all think it's something really interesting like that. But this is even more interesting because it's going to give you information about your health, and it's the temp drop. So, Mel, welcome to the Health Fix Podcast. Wonderful. Thank you for having us on. Well, so so many things here that that I want to unpack about the temp drop because it's a band of course as I mentioned in the intro that I'm wearing on my arm and it's interesting to have something on your arm at night and so it takes a little bit to get used to and and of course I wanted to first start off with okay we're measuring temperature we're using the artery here in the arm give us give us a scoop how did you decide to measure you know, uh, temperature using the arm? How did this come about versus doing the, the standard temperature taking? The oral thermometer. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, temperature tracking to track ovulation has been around for many, many years. Um, and up until now, the only option women have had is to take an oral reading every single morning. And it's got to be specific when you're doing it manually that way. It's, you're trying to capture a resting temperature. So you've got to kind of take the temperature before you fully wake up, which for most women means setting an alarm early in the morning, jolt you out of your sleep, grab an oral thermometer, put it in your mouth and get this reading. It's great. I mean, that's been around for a long time. Women have been using it, but hey, who's got the headspace these days to worry about having to take an oral reading every single morning, morning after morning for what could possibly be years, depending on how long you track ovulation for <laughs> so you know modern technology wearables are everything now aren't they it's it's coming so studies have shown being able to take a an auxiliary temperature under the arm can be just as accurate as internally so that's you know temp drop has developed to fill that need and give an accurate reading even though it's taking a reading from the skin instead of internally 
makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, obviously, you know, the other options as a doctor putting the thermometer in other places like your rear end, um, you know, and of course, you know, with babies, we'll stick the the thermometer under the armpit too. And, you know, so we do do these things, folks. So if you guys are kind of wondering, like, mm, I don't know, it sounds a little strange. I mean, in the medical field, we do do these things. Now, yes. here's another thing that I think a lot of folks want to will want to know is like, okay, we've got this little device. It's about and I, I told her it's like the size of like a little drop. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe like a coin size drop yeah. it's and it's on your arm mm -hmm. how is it measuring though this is this is what this folks is, are going to ask this is the magic yeah this yes. is the magic um so you know a question we commonly get is it safe because yeah. of course you're wearing you know we we all are concerned about putting these things on our bodies and wearing them for mm -hmm. for long periods of time but temdrops powered by a standard coin cell battery button battery watch battery so while it's on your body and recording, there's no Wi-Fi transmission. There's no connection to your phone. It's not giving out any of the, those those signals. It's just you know like wearing a watch basically, but on the on the upper part of the arm. And what it's doing is it's taking a reading not only of your skin temperature, your body temperature, but also it's taking readings about the environment temperature. It's it's recording information about your movement, your sleep. And then it takes all of that information and helps give you a nightly sleeping temperature every single night. So you are capturing now a temperature from when you're most at rest as opposed to a waking temperature that you take orally. We're trying to capture that temperature when our body's at rest and that's what TempDrop can do. So it takes thousands of readings all night long. That all runs through the magic algorithm and then ta-da, we have now a reading from a time that you were most at rest during the night. So just takes all that stress out of worrying about the time you have to take your temperature. Is it truly a resting temperature? It figures it all out. And it takes into account, of course, your room temperature when blanket, blankets are going on and off, all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's more than just a, a plastic <laughs> thermometer. It's quite smart technology. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, when I looked at the app, I was like, okay, wow, we have a lot of things we can track. And, and, and for the, the app, it, it has, you know, folks who are listening, you guys, this has like more than obviously just the temperature. We're looking at ovulation. We're looking at cervical mucus. We're looking at things, you know, that a lot of women doesn't even matter where you are if you're you're working in in trying to become pregnant if you're trying to get to know your body better i can see this being really great for even teens as well have you had a lot of folks report back of of folks you know teens using it with mom with mom yeah, yeah. look it anybody who wants to track their ovulation i mean this is what we're about we're we're detecting ovulation we're not period tracking mm -hmm. there's a big difference yes. period tracking is tracking bleeding events and, you know, we may have regular bleeding events, but that's not necessarily true menstrual periods. We learn more about that later. But, <laughs> you know, tracking periods does not always give you an accurate idea of what your cycle is doing. And that's not ovulation tracking. So what TempDrop does is by adding this extra layer of temperatures at a minimum, and then hopefully you'll also track other symptoms, like we said, cervical mucus, if you want to want to do OPKs or LH testing as well, you can pop that in the app and we're, we're detecting when ovulation happens. So if your ovulation is irregular, don't worry, we'll find it when it happens. So whatever reason you want to, you want to track your cycle, 
it can help with that. It can track and find ovulation. I think it's important for folks to really understand how important ovulation is, because I think we think about it only for fertility, but we don't realize that it's a sign of a healthy cycle. It's, it can give us clues as to when to be more active, when to rest more during our, you know, how to eat. Give us, give us the scoop that, that your background on ovulation and, and thoughts. (laughs) There's so much. And this is my personal passion, passion. Um, because for me personally, understanding how much our menstrual cycle hormones impacted the rest of our well-being was a game changer for me. It blew my mind and it changed my life. When I balanced my menstrual cycle hormones, you know, so much changed in my health. And that's when I started to recognize, wow, this really does have an impact. And vice versa, our menstrual cycle and our ovulation cycle tells us when things may not be so good in our body. So we can use it. We can use this information as an indication of what's happening inside because it's all connected to the endocrine system. So progesterone primarily, we talk a lot about progesterone. That's that beautiful hormone that's produced after we ovulate. The only way that we can produce progesterone is by ovulation or primarily because it's it's that follicle that's left behind after the egg is released that does this magic little transformation and produces progesterone for, you know, that that time of about two weeks from the time we ovulate to our next period. And that progesterone does so much for our health. You know, it can work as an antidepressant. Um, it helps with sleep, with calming. It's kind of like the calming hormone. And it also counterbalances the effect of estrogen. You know, most women have heard about estrogen dominance Mm -hmm. but it's not that estrogen's a bad hormone we need it (laughs) we just we just don't want too much of it for too long and we need the counterbalance effect of progesterone so when we're having regular ovulation events it's having this nice to and fro counter counterbalance and counterbalancing the negative effects of being under the effect of estrogen for too long, which is what we're not really designed to do. We're supposed to have that to and fro, to and fro with regular ovulation events. I like how you mentioned the to and fro. That's a great way to to describe the balance of the two. And I think, yeah, we've demonized estrogen quite a bit. Oh, and, and we're like, I don't want any. Well, <laughs> technically we need a little. But what mm-hmm. I do find in labs, and, and this is something where I see temp drop being something I can use in my practice to help women is I can see in labs if someone has a little bit more estrogen and not as much progesterone, but I can't nail down like exactly. We have these, oh, start at day 10, putting some progesterone on or taking herbs but using the temp drop we can see a lot more as to where things drop off yeah exactly supplementing yeah Mm -hmm. that's huge I use that all the time in my personal health practice I mean how many stories have we heard where someone said oh I started taking this supplement but it really messed things up Mm -hmm. but could it have been that you're just taking it at the wrong time in your cycle what is this supplement or this health change or this drug or whatever it might be supposed to be doing? Once we understand our cycle well and understand that we are only supposed to have progesterone for this part, we're only supposed to have, you know, the higher estrogen for this part, well, now we can target. And the same with with blood testing or lab testing. Mm-hmm. Some tests need to be targeted at a certain time in the cycle to be accurate. And so this is where temp drop can help. So, for example, we take the typical 
we're going to have a blood test for progesterone. The typical standard is test on cycle day 21 because that should be seven days after you ovulate because the medical model is we all ovulate on day 14. Yes. But the reality is we don't. And so we want to target that test to be seven days after ovulation. But if, if I'm somebody who has a long irregular cycle, when did I ovulate? I have no clue. I don't know because there's no outward sign of ovulation. But if we're tracking our temperatures, we do now have a sign. We have a symptom that changes and we go, oh, now I've ovulated. I'll count seven days and I'll go in and I'll have that blood test. And at least now I've got an accurate result for my health care practitioner to take the next steps. So that's where it's really good too. Not only the testing, <laughs> but also then whatever, you know, supplementation or whatever we might need, we can target that to certain times in our cycle. And we can track it to see, is it helping? Is it not? You know, where, where are our interventions? Because this is something that, you know, being in the hormone balancing space, this is something that I've struggled with for years because we didn't have much prior to, I mean, there there is nothing like the temp drop. There really isn't. I mean, other than doing the temperatures and that, like you already mentioned, can be wildly inaccurate depending on how stressed you are trying to find your <laughs> you know thermometer <laughs> and and like you know all whatever's happening you know so no I like how you can do this I'm guessing you're getting some reports of of practitioners as well like myself thinking about it going like oh wow you can dial in things so much better using this yeah absolutely that's that's what we are enjoying seeing coming out of it okay yes we've got women who use it primarily they want to conceive there's women who want to know their body but now we've got the practitioners getting on board and going yeah you know what I wanted my my client to take their temperatures but they just couldn't do it orally they just didn't it was too inconsistent and I couldn't get anything useful from their charts but here's a way that you can just pop something on your arm each night take it off in the morning low stress and give that valuable data back to your health practitioner and be consistent every single day yeah. I mean, I have found it to to be quite useful for myself since I started testing it out. Now, what I did notice is that the first couple of nights I was ripping it off my arm in my sleep and not oh, realizing I was okay. doing that. And and right. so, folks, just to give you a little background, because obviously you can't see us, it, it I love it that it looks like a bra in terms of the band and how it clasps. So something yeah. we all can kind of understand and the adjustable capability of it is nice as well because I think what I was doing is I thought to get the accurate temperature I had to have it a little bit more snug yeah yeah can you speak to that a little bit in terms of just how what people are finding in terms of the best snuggability (laughs) snuggability that's a word yeah yeah I like that (laughs) yeah It, it it of course it's an individual thing I mean some some people can have something on that part of their arm and it, they don't even feel it. They don't care, mm-hmm. but some can be just for a little bit until you get used to it. It can be a, just a little bit kind of like wearing a, a a top with an elastic sleeve. You know, it mm-hmm. just feels weird mm-hmm. because you're not used to wearing something there. Mm-hmm. In most cases, people don't have a problem. It's just like plop it on. It's all good. But it needs to be, we say, firm but not uncomfortable. That's that's the terms we use. It needs to be firm but not uncomfortable. Um, so there there are also tips and tricks if you're somebody that kind of 
just uh, unconsciously you're pulling at it or whatever because that sometimes happens. Who knows what goes on in our sleep sometimes. You know, there's options. You can you can just pop a cuff over the top, maybe a wider band that you can make shift at home, something elastic, a little bit wider. It just changes the sensation on your arm. It might feel a little bit more comfortable um, until you get used to it. But you can adjust, like you said, you can adjust the band. There's two band sizes as well. There's the the smaller and the larger. So make sure you get the right size. And then you've got the option. As much as people probably go, what bra clasp? What are we talking about here? Yes. yes. <laughs> because we think discomfort. But the reason why it was designed that way, it's actually the little bra hooks that we, you know, clasp it together with. The reason it was designed that way is because you can go to the local store and grab an extender if you need it. Mm-hmm. So you can pop in. It's just a, something universal that if we need a bit bigger size, it comes with an extender. But if you need another one for some reason, then you can pop it in or you lose that one or what might happen. So it just gives mm-hmm. more option for it for adjustability. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That makes that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I I just found that I think, you know, sometimes when we're in the hotter time of the year, we're in mm. the summer here and some nights are getting into the 90s, you know, if I don't turn on the air conditioning. So I wonder if some of that <laughs> feels a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can yeah. Do at the beginning. But honestly, after, you know, just after a little while through that, through that, you know, first phase, I'm sure you'll feel differently after a month or might be six weeks or something it just you, your body just gets used to it like anything if we pop it on um each night we just get used to it and it becomes second nature and we and it's another clarification for those that haven't seen attempt drop you don't need to do up the class every single night you the idea is there's some stretch in the band so that you get your size leave it in a loop and then you just slide it up and down each night so so don't be don't be thinking, oh, how am I going to get that on my arm every night with one hand? You don't need to do it like that. You do it up while it's off your arm and then you just slide it up and leave it at your set size. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Great clarification. Because, yeah, I can imagine people are thinking like, oh, gosh, huh? putting the bra on every day is tough. Like now I got to do this. Got it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I would love to talk a little bit about your story, if you don't mind sharing a little bit in terms of what brought you to. This technology and, and, you know, how it got you to where you are today. Cause I mean, looking at the, the femme technology, you know, industry and seeing where we're at here. I mean, I'm blown away. I love, I love all this stuff. It, it makes me happy to see it because we're seeing things that are women centric because a lot of what we have, you know, doesn't target us especially. And so I think it's a really big deal. The ovulation predictors, as we know, are tr- are tough to work with. And then as we've already talked about the thermometers. So tell us, you give us your story.
Well, as love, much as I'd love to take credit for Temp Drop, it's not my it's not my my baby at the beginning. Sure. Um, so our founder and CEO, um, Michael Vardy, is in Israel. He was a he is a biomedical engineer, and he actually saw the need when they were trying to conceive with their second baby, and they, you know, had a little, little bit of it took longer than they expected, and they found cycle tracking as a way to you know conceive target target the fertility window properly and it was during that time that he's like oh wait a minute we've got apps and we've got this manual way of taking temperatures surely there's a way to bridge this gap and make it easier so that's where the brainchild where it all started which is amazing um so it, it started at you know like main, most things as a like oh it can fill a need <laughs> but starting the way it did as a startup company it actually relied on on you know that was like a wasn't GoFundMe, but one of those funding <laughs> funding things and it was the women it was it was everyone out there that saw the idea that went wow this is a good idea and this can help me um especially those that were in the world of fertility awareness and tracking long term with an oral thermometer they went this is amazing we're going to back this and the process was was to always take their feedback, take their feedback. What do you need? What do you need? So TempDrop developed as a very user-driven product. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's always, he always says, and I've experienced, it's the connection with the community that made TempDrop a reality. And it still is to this day. I mean, even though we've grown so much, the connection, it's always that feedback from our users that drives change and drives improvement with TempDrop every step of the way. These decisions are not made at an executive level. It's always like our users are saying this will make it better, this will make it better, and that's that's the way the company drives ahead and keeps stepping to improve. So it's amazing. And my story personally is I was one of those community members. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was one of those that pre-backed it, had no idea what, you know, I was just like, oh, it'd be great to find a better way to take a temperature than orally. Got it in my hands and it was feedback back to the company that then was like, hey, you want to join the team? And it was like, oh, why not? <laughs> I don't know. That's That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and, you know, a, quite a few of our core team are from the community for the same reason. It's just like passion first, we, we worry about the skills later. We just want the passion. We want the drive in the team to understand the audience, the users. That's number one. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I like that. And I knew that there was definitely a Facebook community for the users, but also for practitioners now. And so yeah. I saw that and was like, oh, how cool, because you do have quite a few, you know, as we had mentioned before, and I definitely want folks to um, take a look at the all of the different things you can track in terms of if you're sick one day, if that might impact your your health, but also looking at, I, I like it that's like alcohol, big <laughs> yeah. factor there, you know, mm -hmm. junk yep. food, you know, ate out, all these different things are, are things that I find absolutely fascinating. I'm guessing all of that input came from the community to, yes. to add in. Yes, and it, it's still improving, like the charting app side of TempDrop. So it's, it's two components. You've got mm -hmm. your wearable, Mm -hmm. sensor and then you've got the app which you sync the sensor to 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 retrieve the data every day 
It shows the temperature, puts the temperature automatically into a fertility charting chart. But then you've got the option to track all these extra symptoms. So the things we've been talking about, cervical mucus, LH, um, and then alcohol consumption, PMS symptoms, all of the common things that are associated with cycle health. Mm -hmm. All of those things can. You also got the option to just put in personal notes as well. So if there's something particularly you want to make a note about, but that is still improving where we've launched a sort of what we call a, at least the basics of a good charting app, but it's still improving. So we're adding more and more to that um, as we go. But yeah, all of those things can impact the cycle health. So you want to keep an eye on them. And that's information, of course, you want to be able to feed back to practitioners if you're working with someone who's holistically taking into account your your menstrual cycle. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'd love to kind of transition more to talking about folks who are in perimenopause and menopause and how this can be helpful as well. Because I think for a lot of people, they're going to go, well, I'm not interested in, in getting pregnant. I, you know, that that ship is passed or I'm done <laughs> in that department. And And looking into how can we use this even more so for those folks who are seeing, you know, the hormonal shifts, obviously we talked about ovulation. What other insights um, have you seen folks in the community talking about? I'd love to hear, you know, some some tidbits from the community so folks can hear kind of how folks are also incorporating temp drop into their lives. Yeah. Perimenopause is a great example because unfortunately, in many cases, we're not very educated about what to expect during mm-hmm. the perimenopause phase. I mean, it's it's basically the reverse of going into puberty. You know, we're going to go, we are going to go through a transitional phase, which means commonly we start to, our ovulation events become more irregular. So even if we've been regular as clockwork for 30 years, now we need to expect that it will start becoming irregular. Mm-hmm. And what an awful feeling when that first period doesn't come when we expect it to come. And what do we, you know, can that might freak us out, like thinking, am I pregnant? What is going on? What? So when we track ovulation, when ovulation occurs, we can see that in our temperatures. And if we're also tracking cervical mucus, we can use that information to say, okay, now I've ovulated. Now the time from ovulation to our next period is generally about the same, about 10 to 16 days. And so once we identify that we have ovulated, we now can estimate when our period's going to come. So our period is never late, but ovulation can be late. So this immediately, like you said, whether we've, whatever our circumstances, and especially when we've got irregular cycles, so valuable because now we're not guessing. We're not being caught out. Suddenly we, we're out and about and, oh, my period's come. We will know. We will know when it's coming. But interesting with perimenopause, it's quite common for the ovulation events to become more irregular, you know, more space between each ovulation. But it's also common to have a shorter luteal phase. That time from ovulation to the end of cycle can become shorter and will at some point. So instead of being a typical 12-day count from ovulation to our period, we might start seeing it cut back to 10 days, nine days, might even be seven days because we produce less progesterone, you know. But this is, once we understand it, 
this is all the normal process. So if we're ovulation tracking and we're seeing this unfold before our eyes, then we're in a better position to advocate for our health. We're in a better position to understand why am I feeling like I am right now? Because those hormones have a big effect on our mental health, on our ability to handle stress, on our energy levels. So once you know, oh, okay, I ovulated, I now can expect that my energy levels are going to go down. I might be, you know, a little bit less tolerant. I might withdraw inward more, all of those things. So yeah, if you're tracking through this, you're going to be in much better control. If you need some help with some hormone therapy, perhaps, you're going to be able to advocate for your health better with a healthcare provider because you can say, like we talked about earlier, hey, I've ovulated now. Should I be taking a supplement of some kind? Should I be supplementing with progesterone to help me through this? So, yeah, it, it's a rocky time to navigate, but if you've got something like TempDrop that you can be watching each ovulation event as it comes, you'll be in a much better position to to just help yourself through that and have that that knowledge. I mean, it seems to me that you could watch trends. So like you said, you can kind of predict what's going on, but you could also, because I I think a lot of women are like, am I in perimenopause? I don't know, you know, and, and for us docs, we could be like, well, yeah, your symptoms match, but it's hard to, to say like, you know, exactly what's, what's going on. I think here you could definitely match symptoms with what you're like, you're saying symptoms with what your body's, you know, exhibiting, but also like how folks could choose to use hormone replacement therapy or could use, you know, okay, my energy drops after ovulation. This is the time to start doing more gentle exercises, you know, nourish myself differently. This is, this is a time we can kind of see what, what interventions help at, at what stage we're at. At what stage. And even communicating with your family, like yeah, today, how often, how often is that a problem? You know, you're suddenly going, you're more irritable, but now you know why. You, you're in the moment, you become just more conscious that, oh, okay, can that help you communicate better with your family, with your friends, with your workmates, with your boss, whoever it might be. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know, yeah, we, we're always, we are always joking about that as a team, but it's true. You know, we, we understand ourselves better and then you can give yourself that little bit of whatever you need at that time to, to get through um, because, and especially the perimenopause phase, because it's, it can have a massive impact on our mental well-being, massive. And how awful to be navigating that without any knowledge at all about what's going on. So, you know, you can you can certainly make different decisions about what you're going to do through that phase and help yourself to have the easiest transition possible into menopause where ovulation completely stops. Yeah, no, I find it absolutely fascinating to be able to tell your family members like, hey, screenshot, guys, this is where we're at. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not responsible for anything. No, um, no, it's it's more just I, you know, growing up when in the time that I did, I'm in my mid 40s. And so it's, you know, in the, I think in the 80s and 90s, we just didn't talk about this stuff. And, and yeah, taboo. Same with me. Yeah. No, knew nothing until I discovered fertility awareness in my mid thirties. Sadly, I feel like I got ripped off, but Hey, 
most we're all you know, many of us in the same boat so so much more so do we want to educate the next generation exactly. to help them yeah exactly that's why I was mentioning at first I was like moms and daughters um yeah. or, or grandmothers getting something for their granddaughters of you know just think three generations of of using temp drop to kind of help everybody wow get along is kind of where I was looking at it in my head going like, you know, this could be really useful. And the, and the thing you mentioned about relationships, you know, uh, also I, I was joking, but really I, I can imagine where Tempshop could save some relationships for oh, folks. Absolutely. Because if you can open up that conversation with your partner and if you're in that space of being comfortable to talk about it and just, and for them to see, like, honestly, a lot of men, I've spoken to so many men over the <laughs> my time with temp drop because I always get that question what do you do for work yeah and this opens up the conversation and it's amazing how many men are like they want to know more because they're just like wow wow it's just like well all these light bulbs are going on and they're just like yeah this is this is amazing but unfortunately because we're not educated enough or closed off about the subject it can you know be difficult so I know that personal experience with myself in my relationship being able to have those open conversations have made such a big difference to our relationship oh, absolutely absolutely I know my husband was like what are you doing now because I test out a lot of different things and he's like <laughs> yeah. oh interesting <laughs> you know all right so oh, well. I he's like okay let me know how it works but you know it's really fascinating to be able to offer this to patients because I do see a lot of folks that that have PMDD and for oh, folks who are listening I mean this is a severe form of PMS and and for these folks I really feel for them because you know I've done the throughout the month saliva hormone testing to see where the hormones are at but it still doesn't give you you still don't know where ovulation's happening you still don't mm. know you know yeah. yep. connections here yeah, and and so so if you can add that extra layer of temperatures on top, you can now be more confident that, okay, we've identified ovulation here and now we're looking at those saliva tests and seeing the variation in the hormones in each phase. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have you heard any stories from the community about anyone that had really severe PMS or or anything in that nature? Where, but where yeah, we, we're starting to, you know, get more people talking about that as well. I personally have... Um, met you know and tried and trying to help women personally just friends of myself or family members that are in that situation and have really encouraged them to track their ovulation because at the very least you can plan you know because pmdd is not it's not an easy thing mm. you know it's not <laughs> but at least you might be in a position where you can again communicate with your loved ones, your friends, your workmates, whatever it might be, um, and do some planning. Hopefully you can get some help and, and improve it. But even just understanding, I know I'm not going to feel great in this luteal phase. So I know it's coming. I've detected my ovulation. Now I'm going to think differently about my planning for the next, you know, two weeks or whatever it might be. And the same with endometriosis because pain flare-ups can be related to you know, cycle, which part of the cycle I'm in. So I can plan better around that. It's, it's huge. It's huge to have that insight. And I think for a lot of women too, who are more active, you can plan your hikes, your outdoor adventures, 
so that yeah. those kind of things go better. Even athletes, have you had any feedback from athletes who are using Temp Drop? What's what's yeah. the story on the street there? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously they can, you know, monitor. Are they going overboard? Do they need to support their bodies better? Because we know that, you know, high training athletes can shut down their ovulation. The body can respond that way. So at least you've got some got some knowledge about is that happening to me <laughs> and if it is ooh, ooh, let's let's do something about that absolutely no that's something that I I had happened to me when I was training um quite some time ago and and this is where probably my interest in hormones really kicked off even though yes I was a doc I was more into pain control at one point and, and then oh wait a minute what have I done to myself um and and I didn't I didn't know at first until I started to realize well I put the two and two together but for folks that don't have medical training oh I mean God, don't have any idea and yeah. like we talked about too with bleeding events this is the one that really amazes me when I see a temp drop community user start using temp drop and then recognize that the bleeding events that they were ha having were not true menstrual periods a true menstrual period for anyone in the audience who's not sure is the bleeding that happens around two weeks after ovulation. That's a true menstrual period. That's the one that we can say, right, I'm on a new cycle day one. Any other bleeding event is known as an intermenstrual bleed. It's not, you know, it's not really supposed to happen, to be honest, unless we're, you know, postpartum or something like that. So that's the one that, you know, some women can be having semi-regular bleeding events thinking that this is a new cycle. Okay, this is my next period. But then they start tracking ovulation and realize, oh, I didn't ovulate. So this bleeding event is an intermenstrual bleed, or we commonly call it a breakthrough bleed or a withdrawal bleed. Same goes if you're on hormonal birth control. Those bleeding events are not true periods. But that's probably one big one because some, are, you know, they know there's something intrinsically wrong with their health, but now when they start cycle tracking, ovulation tracking, they're going, wow, I'm not even ovulating or I'm only ovulating every 600 days or 300 days, but I've had all these bleeding events. So that can be, that's a pretty powerful one because that's now big warning bells. Something's intrinsically not balanced and we want to try and get on top of it and get the regular, the ovulation events more regular because, you know, potentially you could end up with fibroids, you could end up with uterine problems, uterine cancer. So it's best if you've got the knowledge early, now we can do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you've got my whole, my brain going in all kinds of other <laughs> different directions of like, well, and what about this? And what about that? Now, one of the things I think that people might be wondering right now is Mel, what about someone who's on birth control? What about someone who has a Mirena, you know, IUD? What about, you know, these kind of things? Is temp drop still serviceable because of having something on board like that? Yeah, well, typically it depends on the type of hormonal birth control. Um, if you're taking the regular or combination pill, for example, well, that should be suppressing ovulation completely. That shuts down all the communication with the ovaries you should not be ovulating when you're on the pill. So in that case, well, you're not going to see any any ovulatory pattern in your temperatures, or you shouldn't. If you do, <laughs> there's something not quite right there. But some of the IUDs do allow ovulation to occur. Even though you may not be getting a bleeding event, any sort of period, 
you may be ovulating in the background or you could ovulate intermittently. So if you were to track your temperatures in that case, while you may not be able to see, oh, here's my period, here's my period, you can see in the temperature pattern, it goes higher at ovulation and then drops down when you would typically have your bleeding event. So you could still see that ovulatory pattern if you are ovulating with one of those. The copper IUD more so because it does allow ovulation. But yeah. the marina, for some women it can suppress, some women it can allow ovulation intermittently or allow it regularly depending on how that progesterone um, mix affects the body. So, yeah. But then at the same time, if you if you are somebody who has had perhaps a hysterectomy or, mm. you know, don't have bleed anymore, don't have periods, you could, as long as you've got your ovaries, you can still track ovulation with your temperatures. And we've had, we've had um, women using TempDrop for that as well. They still want to know where they are in their cycle and they're mm. just using the temperatures because they don't have the bleeding events to, to let them know what's going on. That's great. That's great to know about that because, you know, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about ablations, things of that nature, mm-hmm. where, where we have the same kind of procedures where the, the bleed will stop, but yeah, what's going on, what's happening. Mm-hmm. And, and I think for a lot of women too, working through coming off of birth control to achieve fertility or just getting off of birth control, I think it's, it's good to know that you could at least use the temp drop to get started. Yes. To, get to in tr- the habit, get in the mm-hmm. habit, start you know, start getting your temperatures on a chart because you want to see that transition phase and see what's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such great stuff here. I'm, I'm so excited that I was offered the chance to test it out. And now I'm like, okay, um, anybody in my practice, you know, that's having issues with, with the hormones. I think it's a must. I I think it's the only way that we can really see what's happening on a day-to-day basis because lab testing, we only get, you know, it gives us data, but it's not an everyday type of feedback. And that's, that's what I feel like I'm lacking in terms of giving people the most dialed in care I possibly can. Yeah, it can definitely help. And that's personally something I use it for is every single cycle. It's like a, the term is often coined the report card I'm watching. And you can see variations in that progesterone to estrogen balance. I, you know, feel because if I see my temperatures, like optimally, we want to see temperatures jump at ovulation, remain higher, go up in a nice arch pattern through the luteal phase and then drop back down when we start our period but sometimes it doesn't do that nice arch it's all wonky up and down up and down through that luteal phase and at the same time I notice when that's my cycle my PMS symptoms are worse for example so then I'm like okay I know the balance between the estrogen and the progesterone through my luteal phase is not as optimal as it could be time to you know think about my body again and think about do I need to make some tweaks with my health and lifestyle? It's kind of a little reminder because often that happens when all my good habits go out the window, <laughs> you know, life's been yeah. stressful. We haven't been able to eat as well, haven't been able to supplement. And then it's like, for me, it's like, oh, okay, time to get back on track because I don't like this feeling. So, yeah, if we can if we can get to learn what is my normal, then we're more attuned to when it starts to go a little bit off kilter. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned the, you know, how things are supposed to look and then this like saw 
blade kind of roller coastery. Yep. Yeah, the up and down because I think a lot of people will see that when they're taking their own temperatures and be like, wait, I thought I ovulated yesterday, but I I my temperature went back down, then it went back up. Mm. And and this is a huge clue for folks to to really look into, like you said, and like, uh oh, what's going on with my stress? What's going on with my habits, lifestyle? And what do I need to do to kind of bring things back into balance? Because we all have our own pattern. How yeah. how long do you feel like on average it takes for folks to really get a pattern of of themselves? What what would you say? That's a difficult question to answer. I mean, you can start using temp drop and in the first cycle see a beautiful pattern. See perfectly identified ovulation. That's all great. Depends on your body, really. Mm-hmm. And your sleep habits a little bit, that kind of thing. But the temp drop itself, we don't, it doesn't really have a learning phase where you're like, oh, you've got to wear it for X amount of days. But we say to people, look, wear it for 30 days, be determined to wear it for 30 days at a minimum because all technology has a learning curve for us as users. So mm-hmm. am I positioning it correctly? Do I have the armband at the right adjustment for me? Um, there's just a few things that sometimes just through that initial learning phase for us as u- users, we might need to make some adjustments. So if we're getting a couple of weeks in and we're going, oh, my chart doesn't look right, reach out to support, reach out to the community, reach out to those who know how to use it well and just do some double checks, make sure we're using it correctly. But then as for how long to see that ovulation pattern, well, that really depends on how long it takes you to ovulate, (laughs) where your body is at. But if you have a regular robust ovulation event first cycle, most times you see it clear as day on the chart. But we always say in terms of fertility tracking or ovulation tracking in general, if you're going to use it, especially for diagnostics purposes or to get a, a idea of how things are going, then, you know, watch your charts for at least two to three, four cycles just to see if one was abnormal but the rest are good because you don't want to make decisions based on one cycle. If if some, you know, we all have that wonky cycle from time to time. So you don't want to start making decisions based on, oh, this doesn't look textbook. I need to go out and do this and this. Just see, just wait, give yourself time, exercise some patience and um, and give yourself time to understand your body and what that that information on the chart is telling you thanks for mentioning that because i find i find that folks will watch it once and then be like wait wait i'm gonna go off to, off of all this this you know what i've got right here no no we need some we need some more data data's king here and let's talk about the website because you have so many resources and then of course we talked about the community but I, i've noticed that there's so many resources for folks to troubleshoot a little bit on their own but also understand more about their cycle and how it works so let's jump into to tempdrop.com a little bit and and give us the the scoop there in terms of everything that folks can find of course how they can sign sign up to get one how it works we'll, we'll give the whole scoop yeah, okay. So TempDrop as a company is very much about education, educational material and accurate educational material. There's lots of stuff out there that may not quite portray what what's going on well, but the tempdrop.com website has an amazing um, blog page. There's always new blogs being posted on there that cover everything imaginable to do with 
cycle tracking, with living in sync with your cycle, with nutrition, all those things. Um, we also have a resources um, down the bottom of the Temp Drop website. There's a little resources tab where there's some downloads, there's guides, free guides, that kind of thing. And then once you own your Temp Drop, we've also got in the app under the menu what we call Temp Drop Academy, which is a course. It's like a little interactive mini course that will give you the basics of learning about ovulation tracking when you get started. So you've also got that option to get you going, as well as another myriad of FAQs in the user guide um, to do with both the device and tracking in general, the fertility awareness world, as we call it. So, yeah, so there's lots going on. And then we, you know, we do Q&As Q with different health practitioners. We have ambassadors that are health practitioners. There's lots going on in terms of that educational support. Oh, I love it. It's, I mean, it's everything that I could have ever wanted like 20 years ago. Dang it. Um, <laughs> I know, I know. But it's okay. It's okay. It's here now. And, and you know what? Great resource for me to be able to share with my patients and use myself as I, I go through the perimenopause, you know, transition. I think it's fascinating to know like where am I am? Like you said, the report card, you yeah, know, just summing up like, okay, Am I getting closer? Because I think that's where a lot of women in, in this stage mm -hmm. of life are like, am I closer? Where am I at? Is my period going to stop? <laughs> and like you had yes. said, going out, you know, and <laughs> not having yeah. your your supplies and being like, oh, um, yeah. no one wants or it. it not, or it not turning up. Or even, yes, you know, do we know, do you know if that bleeding event was a period or was it a breakthrough bleed? That's important too, just defining which it is. And like you said, maybe you have started to get a few irregular cycles, but it's nothing to do with perimenopause. It could be something else causing it. So yeah, you've, you've just got some extra in extra information to work with, to diagnose what's going on. I love it. It's a well, I mean, it's a wealth of information folks. And, and the more effort you put into it, the more you are going to get out of it. And, and that's, that's what I've seen just in terms of playing with the app and, and in putting my own notes and, and realizing that, you know, there are lots of things that I've found myself and, and full disclosure, I found that like my, my digestive health does change quite a bit based on where I am mm, in my absolutely. cycle. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a finding even with um diabetics because your insulin resistance changes, whichever phase of your cycle they're in. So absolutely. Yeah. There's so, I mean, I feel like I could talk to you for four hours about all the things you guys have, how all the things you guys have discovered and, um, you know, I, I just want folks to really look at this as, as an amazing tool in insight that we do not have in any other capacity to know what is going on with the hormones every single day. So cool. So cool. Very cool. Wow. Mel, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad that you became part of the Temp Drop community and then joined joined their family because you're such a wealth of information and, and just great stuff here. So thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much and keep up your good work too. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.